0: Good morning, Church. Um, so, is it amazing to see uh, see the Lord move and use His people, the worship guys, Merv, the guys that came to prophesy, to speak into hearts? And only our God can do that because He's a loving God, and He works through us. I was wondering that the guys has been coming for a few weeks have to ask you, what has been the main thing the Lord's been saying to us? What did it be? Richard? The things, the last few weeks, what do you think the Lord's been saying to us? Family. How? What do you think the Lord's been saying to us? incredible so So the last few weeks Lucas has been uh, sharing on family and building the foundation of loving one another that if we love God we will love one another because if we don't love one another, we don't love God and there's the last four preachers if you go back and if you must any go back and listen to it I think last week there was a few guys that didn't listen to it please go back and listen to it because the Lord is wanting to build the foundation in us of this one truth and this morning uh, Lucas preached in the first service and a lot of the things that he shared was about this love now I woke up I woke up yesterday morning about 3 o'clock in the morning and first I got a skirk because I thought I overslept and there was people there was a couple staying with us that I had to take to the airport but when I woke up it was only 3 in the morning and I couldn't go back to sleep and I kept hearing this over and over and over that this is the battle and I tried to sleep and I'm hearing this is the battle this is the battle over and over and I wake up and I'm sitting up and I'm like coming before God I'm saying Lord what is the battle? and the Lord said this thing that we love one another and the Lord said that if we do not win this battle if we do not overcome in this area we lose the war of looking like Him because then we're not His and you see that this is the battle, this is the thing that's in front of us right now. And we need to overcome and you can't move forward. Because we can build every other thing. It was incredible this morning, but we can, there can be the prophetic. There can be gifts of faith. Miracles. There can be moves of God. And we can have everything. But if we don't have this thing. We have nothing. And I was actually reminded of the, the church in uh, Ephesus, in the Revelations. When the Lord speaks to that church and He commends them in so many things. He said, you did well in this thing. You've endured much. You've gone through hardship. You've persevered. You've, There's uh, so many things that He's commended at church in. But he says i have this against you that you have lost your first love and what he goes on to say is if you do not repent and come back i'll remove your lampstand you know there was a lampstand there were seven lampstands that was the churches he said if you do not come back to your first love to me and then to others you will not be mine i'll remove you you will not be my church and then he took me to two Timothy three five. And it, in two Timothy three, it speaks about there will be a time coming when people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, lovers of pleasure. And it goes further on to say that you will have a form of godliness by denying its power. You know, in that context, what the power of God is. The power of God is. The power to change us. The power to change our hearts. The power to do a work in us. That's the greatest miracle. That is the miracle. where you look at people and you see the, the Lord has done something in you. And, you know, if we do not allow the Lord to work in us, then we have a form of godliness. We can look like Him. We can do the right things. We can come to church. But it's just a form. It's not real. It's not Him. It looks like Him, but it's not. And I don't know about you, but I want to be part of a church that the Lord Himself is building. Because if Jesus isn't building His church, then we, whatever we do is in vain. And again, I couldn't sleep. I kept on having a thing. This is the battle. And if there's any odds here, because we can be stubborn, we can be stiff-necked, if there's any hearts here, like, Lord, there's certain things I do well, and there's some stuff you can't call me to because this is just the way I am. This is my personality. I'm not a touchy feely, I'm not going to go love people. I'm an introvert. Lord, use me in other ways. Was it Afrikaans saying? I don't know Afrikaans very well. Suachem en in gelat Stan, I think. And, but that is not the way of our God. Every day, being a Christian is He's doing a work in us. He's sanctifying us. He's changing us. He's making us look more like Him. And our hearts need to be, Lord, come and do your work. Come and change me because I want to see the power of God. Because the power of God is Him doing that. And I said, Lord, if, if this is the battle, If this is the battle, then we want to be in it. And I was praying, the Lord said that uh, don't be distracted by battles They don't have eternal value. And I think Ellen brought a word about being distracted this morning. Don't be distracted. I remember when I was at Varsity, I used to take a taxi home or a bus home. And one day I took a bus home and I was reading something and I missed my stop. And I was reading and I, and I till the bus came to the end and I was in the wrong place because I was distracted. And I feel the Lord saying, Church, that this is the battle and if we do not hear Him and let this battle be our focus, we're not going to end up where He's leading us. We're not going to go where He's taking us. Because this is the battle. But you know we can be so easily be distracted and caught up with battles that do not matter. If COVID has taught me anything in the season is people are very opinionated, very ready for battle. The masks, the vaccines, the New World Order, the government taking control. Black lives matter, white lives matter, farmers' lives matter, all lives matter. And I also got opinions on these things. But that is not our battle. That is flesh and blood. That is the things with flesh and blood and the things that shouldn't concern us. Because our battle is spiritual. And right now this is our battle. And the Lord said that if, if you caught up, if you a soldier and you are getting caught up with civilian affairs, with things that is not our battle, Then you need to come back to him and say, Lord, I want to do what you're calling me to to do. I want to love. But you know, I want to ask you, like, are you loving others? When last did you lead someone to the Lord? When last did you share the gospel? When last did you help someone? When last did you, when last did love pour out of you? But you know what the word says? You know what Jesus says? Your fruit is what counts, not your opinions. Your opinions do not matter it's the fruit of your life Hmm? the word says that your opinions do not matter it's your fruit that matters your thoughts and I, I believe this and I believe that but where's your fruit what have you done what have you poured out where's the love you've poured out because the Lord looks at your fruit. He's not gonna ask you one day when you come before him, what did you think about this thing? No, no he's gonna look in. He's gonna look at your fruit. He's gonna look at the things that I have that gonna is gonna enter into eternity. Your opinions are not going with you into eternity. And and I, as I was praying about it, I was like last night I was praying. And I said, Lord, how does this battle look? How do we, if this is the battle, how do we fight it? And it's interesting that he says that we will be known by our love for one another, our unity, our oneness. That is what the world's going to see if we win this battle. Now me personally, if I want to draw people to the kingdom, out of thought, miracles is the thing that will do it. Right? The power of God, healings will do it. Prosperity will do it. But this is the Lord's plan. Right now, the Lord says, no, no, this is what's going to do it. This is how we shine for Him. This is how we will be the salt of the earth. The city on a hill. The light of the world. By shining this, by showing this unity and love. But you know what? If, if you go out into the world right now, that is the very place we are losing the battle. That is the very place that they used against us. If you go there and say, now, "Come to our church. There's unity. There's love." There's, they're gonna say you're not talking about the church. Because in the church there's no unity. In the church is no love. There's judgment. And if we wanna draw the world in, if we want the lost to come in, we need to overcome in this battle. You know what Jesus told the Ephesian church and all the other churches? to those that are victorious, to those that are overcome, you will eat from the tree of life. And the one thing was, it will cost us. How does this battle look? It's going to cost us. I think uh, Jean, a few weeks ago, he brought that word that we're shifting from a holiday cruise ship to a, a working fishing vessel. Without this thing, if you want to enter into this thing, we want to overcome in this thing, it's going to cost us. Now I was reminded in Mark 12, I'll just read it quickly, 41 to 44, it says, Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put, and watched the crowd putting their money in the, into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but the poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, with only a few cents, calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, "Truly, I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the th- treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she gave out of her poverty, putting everything she had that she had to live on." And I feel in the season, this cost is going to be, is not going to be out of an overflow. It's not going to be out of the extra. It's going to be out of poverty. It's not going to be out of our strengths. It's going to be out of our weaknesses. Because that's where He is. If you're strong in. If your weakness right now is, my home isn't open. I don't like opening my home. That's my safe place. That isn't a strength, but I've got other strengths, Lord. I can use other. The Lord's going to touch that thing that you're weak in. The Lord's going to tear down that idol. He wants you to open that home. If it's finances. He's going to say, There's a weakness on the tear down at idol. And I believe in the season, can't answer that call now. And I believe in the season, in the areas where you're holding on to, where you're saying, No, Lord, you can't go there. I think that's exactly, for us to overcome in this area, that's going to be where he wants to go. It's going to be in the places where, you're like, no, not there, Lord. If it's time. If you're a very scheduled person and I work to a schedule, you're going to get the call at 3 in the morning. Your brother needs you. And your response can't be, it's not on my schedule. The Lord's going to say that thing, I'm going to tear down. And I feel that Lord's on the Lord t- wants to tear down everything that you're holding on to, every weak area, every area that you will not give to Him. He's going to come and test you in it because He wants to tear down so that He may build something there. And then how do we love? How do we do it? And I think Lucas shared a lot in the first preach. And it will be shared. But it's the hospitality of things we know, serving each other with our gifts, like what Merv did earlier, and the guys that came to bring words. It's meeting needs, it's humble, being humble before each other, it's speaking life to each other, it's about speaking correction to each other in love. And I've got I'll share what there's countless, countless hosting stories of people hosting and the life that comes when people get together. But during COVID, there was a uh, single mom and son in our church. Her name is uh, Joshua, I mean um, Natasha and Josh. And just before COVID, the full lockdown started, the first one, the three-month, four-month one, there was a single mom and daughter that needed a place to stay, and they got a two-bedroom flat. And they said, Come and stay with us. Josh moved to the couch. And for that three to four months, he lived on the couch. And the two of them lived in his room. And there was four of them in a cramped flat, eating two minute noodles and whatever else was there. But after it, when they came out of the lockdown, I thought they're going to be shoo. It's like, Not for the next few years do we need to host. But every time after the Lord did something, every time there was a call they hosted, Every time there was a call, they were like, I'll go. And the Lord wants us to to pour out love where when people see it, it's going to be like, that's strange. It's like they did their part. But no, no, they're going extra. This is like, it can't be them. It must be something of God in them. And that's what the Lord's calling us to. It's not going to be an ordinary love. It's not going to be an, an ordinary hospitality. It's going to be something that the Lord puts in us. The other thing is And this is like call the ghost pastor test Who are you going to call? Who are you going to call? When you need When you need Who are you going to call? In this church can you call somebody? I remember I was in an accident In Refuse in Int A few years ago uh, I was overtaking a truck And he pulled out of the yellow lane And he clipped me and I was with my two children, and we were The car rolled about 18 times. All the wheels flew off. All the windows off. Car was crushed. People came running. They thought we did. And Tanya, remember, she couldn't, come. she was in such a state, she called a friend of mine, and he drove her through. And I got, uh, I got stuck a few years, last year actually, on the garden route, about four hours out of Cape Town. I called my brother. He came. He towed me back. The tow back was a bit exciting, but he told me back. And I want to say, who can you call? I know these people here, in this church, I can call. Three o'clock in the morning. And I know that people can call me. But the Lord wants us to build a thing where we all can call somebody. We all can call each other. And we all have a church to call. Not my three friends. I can call a brother. And I know he's going to be there because the Lord... Has built a love in us. And the last thing I want to share is is the story of, because we can so easily get caught up with the processes of church. Right? So in church, let's be reasonable. Like we'll do enough, but let's not be unreasonable in asking us. And remember hearing a story, I think it's Francis Chan. He shared a story of a young guy that came to his church. He got saved. In the week between services, he read the gospel and part of Acts. So he came to church the next Sunday and there was a call. There's this guy that, an uh, old guy, he, he needs to go to the hospital weekly. Three days a week, five in the morning. Nobody put their hand up. So those guys, like I just read a word, we brothers, we love each other unto death and he's putting up his hand. And the other people were like, that's it, but I must wake up at four in the morning to take him at five. So he put up his hand and for a few weeks he's taking this guy and chatting to him and he starts realizing I thought he needed, when I shared it the first time I thought he said he needed a new liver and then the people were like, is this guy going to give up his life? Is he going to give a, and it wasn't liver, it was a kidney so you get two of that I think, so there was an extra one and and this guy was sharing, he realized this old guy needed a new kidney and he went and he got, got tested and it was a match. True story. And then he went and told the church, he's going to give his kidney. You know what the church said? You newly saved, you're crazy. The, you just got say, give it time. Like, give it a few months, give it a year, and then you're going to be okay. You're a bit crazy right now. Because nobody's, you just met him, I mean, we don't even really know him, and you're going to give your kidney. Because, you know, we can put stuff in... When you come into church, we can build these things off. The Lord calls us to this. The Lord calls us to die, to give up our lives to each other. But we will bring it back. We will pull it back and say, Lord, that's a bit unreasonable. This is how much I'll give. But this guy, out of the purity of the word, without being corrupted and compromised by what we build beyond what the Lord says, he was, gonna, he was willing to lay down his life. He was willing to give a part of his body. And I feel the Lord's calling us back to a place of the excuses that we have, the compromises that we have, the the, the techniques of church that pulls us away from the fullness of the call of God on us. The Lord wants us to come back to that thing with pure hearts and say, Lord, this is what you called us to. Not with, this is what you called us to, but there's other things I've got on. And who will you love? Let's go for probably another 10 minutes. Who will you love? And these are all things in you know, I was praying, the Lord was. And I shared it actually in the earlier service. Who do, you, do you love just your family that you came with? Do you love your friends in the church? Okay, Lord, I love everyone in my community. Do you just love the people you like in your community? Like, who do, you, who do you love? Because, Lord, I must pour this love out. Who do I pour it out to? Is it just the church, or is it also people in the world? You know, uh, the story of the Good Samaritan. A Pharisee asked Jesus the same question. Like, he said, how do I have eternal life? How do I have eternal life? And Jesus says, what do you think? And he said, well, love God, love people. Love God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself and Jesus said you have answered well go and do it and you will live right if you do this if you do this call if you overcome in this area we will live but then he came and said well I can't love everyone and he asked who is my neighbor who do I love and Jesus said a story with him now, right now, the Pharisee, is trying to lower the bar. Like in his heart, he's probably thinking, best case scenario, all the Jews, if I'm going to judge him rightly, all the Jews is my brothers, as my neighbors. That's who I'm going to love. I think he probably meant just the Pharisees. Remember, the Pharisees were the separated ones. So I think he meant just the Pharisees, just my group, just because we are only, we're at a higher level, Lord, I'll just love them. So he was asking Jesus, who... Is my neighbor because I need you to narrow it down for me. But you know, all of us, we can know the theory. He knew the theory of the word. What Lucas has been sharing. You know, unless we do a theory, we know the knowledge, we have the knowledge, we have the theory. And Jesus told him the story of the good Samaritan. There was a priest, there was a Levite, and there was a Samaritan. And he shares how oh, this guy is going down Jericho Road. He gets robbed. The priest and the Levite goes the other way. The, the Samaritan goes and tends to his wounds. That says he loves him. He, carry, he takes him to the inn. He gets him a place to stay the next morning. The Samaritan's on. He's busy. The next morning he goes and gives money to the innkeeper and says, Look after him. I'll come back later. He took responsibility for him. And Jesus asked the Pharisee, Who is your neighbor in that story? The one that showed mercy. And when I asked the Lord, Lord, who do we love? The Lord says, whoever I put on your path, that needs mercy, that needs grace, that needs me, that, that is your neighbor, that is who you love. And in this time, it's going to be in the church, it's going to be out of the church, it's going to be in the, in the place, in the shopping malls, in the restaurants. That is who the Lord's going to put on your path. That is your neighbor, that is who He wants you to show love to. Because you know, for that Pharisee, for Jesus to use the Samaritan as the good guy, that's like your mortal enemy, someone telling you a story, and they're the good guy. Like the Pharisee was the furthest, I mean the Samaritan was the furthest from a Pharisee. The Pharisee was like, they reminded him of a time where Israel was adulterous to the Lord. Where they were with other nations. They were the offspring of that. And I feel that the Lord said that the Lord's going to put people on your path that is going to be the furthest from you. It's going to be, I would never go and help that person. I would never go and share with that person. They're too far from me, whether it's rich, poor, black, white, whatever it is. But there's going to be moments for all of us in the season, many where it's going to be like, Lord, I will never go to that person. And the Lord's going to say, that's your Samaritan. Go to them. That's your neighbor. So who do we love? Go as wide as you can go. That's who we love. And I said, sure. And one of the other things the Lord told me was that I must tell the church that we're in it together. Because remember, some of us can do it. And we can get caught up, the church is doing well. But you're like, I'm going to sit back. And the Lord said, no, He's calling every single one of us. Every single one of us. This is a personal call. To walk in this love. It's not for most of the church to do it. And if you're walking in it and your brother isn't, let us love them enough to go to them. And say, do you know what we call to this thing? To encourage them. To correct them in love. To say that we all want to be part of this. We all want to walk in this. We don't want anyone to be lost. So I felt the Lord say that tell the church I want every one of my children to walk in this. And when Duncan shared, he shared uh, about pictures and frames in a house. And and I was reminded of when Tanya, shared a thousand piece puzzle uh, puzzle during COVID, and she put it together and she was going to frame it. And it was an amazing puzzle, it looked beautiful, but there was one problem. There was one piece missing, the dog ate it. There was one piece missing. And she laid it, it was on the table, but she couldn't frame it because there was one piece missing. And the Lord doesn't want the piece to be missing in this house, He wants everyone. Everyone. But you know, it says in Ephesians that for eternity, we will be trophies, we will be displays of His grace through His kindness through the Lord Jesus. We are going to be that frames and that displays and that we are going to be displays of His grace if we overcome in this thing, if we win this battle. The other thing was I was praying, the Lord said unity. If you're going to love, you must be united. You must fight for unity They go hand in hand Now Jesus said I was divided cannot stand and there was this I remember a few years ago when we had our first Godstock does anyone remember the first Godstock JP when was that 2010 10 2011 so ten years ago so we had our first Godstock uh, I put our, our name down to go to it But then I had But then for some reason I couldn't go And I remember that For the next five weeks Every Sunday I was going to go and put my name down To take my name off But every Sunday we said that If you do not so, uh, pay that Sunday You're taking your name off So I thought Okay I don't need to go Take my name off And then the card stock happened I didn't go When I came back, my community leader came to me and he said, uh, Joe, you need to pay, and it was for me and my family. We were struggling financially and it was quite a bit of money. You need to pay for your whole family. I said, for what? He said, no, because you put your name down. And I said, but they said, whoever doesn't pay by a certain date, your name will be removed. So I said, no, I'm not going to pay for something that I didn't. He said, okay. Next Monday, I'm at work. I get a call from an elder. And he says, I'm, I need to pay this. And I said, well, that's not fair. I don't need to pay it because I give him the reasons. And then he says, well, they paid for me. And I said, well, did, did you pay per, per ten per? No, no, we just paid for the land. So I said, you didn't pay. So I'm arguing. And I win the argument. And he's back and forth. And, he, and eventually he's like, you need to pay. And I said, I'm not going to pay. Any. You, need, you need to tell me why. So he said, OK, no, it's fine. Don't pay. Put the phone down. And there was something in me like, I won that battle. No, I was right. There was a righteousness in me. And, and for eight years, and I, I forgot about it, later on I came into eldership with that elder, and I didn't feel there was anything between us. But about a year ago, I was uh, spending time in the Word and praying, and and the Lord says, He'd remind me of that. And He said, remember that time with the camping and you didn't pay it? And in me, I was like, yes, I remember that, Lord. Yes, I re- and I thought the Lord was going to say, "Remember how you didn't bend, you didn't, uh, you weren't pressurized, you weren't." And the Lord told me, "Remember that time." I said, "Yes, Lord." And He said, "Wouldn't it have been better to fight for unity, to battle for unity, than to be right, than to have your way, than to fight for yourself?" And I feel that there's going to be times in the season where for unity's sake we're going to have to even if we're right we're going to fight for unity, we're going to lay down our ways, what we want and we're all going to have that, we're going to have that challenges but are we willing to and we can be right, but for unity's sake will we obey and I felt that, that this is the battle and I'm going to end with 2 Timothy 4:7, where Paul says, "I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith." And I felt the Lord say that to to stay the course, to finish this race. So 300 years ago, Jonathan Edwards, he was American uh, pastor. He was in the Great Awakening, Great Revivals in America. And this, a church, and this generation had seen the power of God, the move of God, the cities turned upside down. But towards the end of that generation, the generation that had seen the miracles and the revival in God, they started changing. For example, in their church, where it used to be love is a priority, they changed it to money is our priority. So they started changing the rules of becoming a member, they started lowering it, like not God's standards, but man's standards, because it's too hard, God's standards is too hard, because they wanted more, more members, more money, they started, they started well, they started in the spirit, but they didn't stay the course, they switched, and I felt the Lord says, that if we want to, part of this battle, is that we need to stay the course, we need to finish this race, so it's not going to be for the next month. It's not going to be for the next two months. If this is going to be East church, this is, what we, this is what we can do. This love that we can have is going to be until the day we see him again. We need to stay the course and win this fight. And I'm done. I just want to ask every single person here, to recognize what the Lord is saying like we can't leave here the same or we can't leave here oh oh Lord you spoke because I I believe the Lord it's like there's the urgency that we need to hear what he's saying we need to step into it and we can't just hear it we need to do it we need to walk in it we need to love we need to whoever Lord However, Lord, that needs to be our heart. And if you're sitting here right now and you're like, Lord, I'm going to take what I want and leave what I don't want. Like every word has been shared. The the Lord says, take every word. Don't take what you want. If you are sitting here and you're like, and we can often listen to a word through that, through the lens of, subconsciously, Lord, I'm trying to hold on to my life. So, yes, that part I can do, that part I can do a bit, that part... But I, I, I can't go beyond that because I'm holding on to my life. And I felt the Lord says, if we're going to win this battle, we need to die. If we're going to win this battle, we need to lay down our lives. We need to let go of our lives. We need to die so that we may find life in Him. We may live like this. We may live as a family. We may look like Him. We may be that city on a, on a hill. We will shine for Him. We will shine so that Our Father in heaven will get glory. So Lord, I want to pray for each and every one of us here, Lord. Lord, I pray that as your word went out, Lord, that you spoke into our hearts, Lord, that our hearts will be softened, Lord, that ears will hear, Lord, that eyes will see, Lord, what you are saying, Lord. Lord, that as you're trying to build your church, Lord, that we will be part of it, Lord. That we will, our lampstand will be on its place, Lord. That we will be yours, Lord. and we will be your church. We will be your family, Lord. Lord, we are down to build something that looks like you, but is not yours, Lord. There will be a hunger for us, a yearning in us, Lord. To be yours, to know that we are yours, Lord. To love you, Lord, and to love others, Lord. And Lord, I pray, Lord, that we know we cannot do it, Lord. We know that we are weak, Lord. Lord, that you come and strengthen every weak area, Lord. You come and tear down every area, Lord, that is not yours, Lord, that does not belong to you, Lord. That you come by your Spirit, Lord, and empower and anoint. That you set free where freedom is needed, Lord. So we may walk in your ways, Lord. So I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing this season, Lord. I'm expecting for what you're doing in this season, Lord. And Lord, I thank you, Lord, that in you we will win this battle, Lord. And we will be yours. In Jesus' name. Amen.